Welcome to the Media Nerds Podcast. I'm Dan Vatabonker. And I'm Kenton Larson. As, as we trudge through the summer of COVID, <laughs> some people are calling it that, the summer of COVID, uh, because we still are not completely reopened and we continue to podcast remotely. So how, how are you holding up, Kenton, in this summer of COVID? Uh, fine. Not that, hey, I have one little point of interest in that is I actually have an American relative who came to town and had to quarantine in an Airbnb for two weeks. And uh, he was set free last Friday. And uh, he's from New York City, so he's, he's from a hot spot. And then uh, we saw him for dinner yesterday, and he's like, this Canada thing is actually pretty good. <laughs> now that I'm looking around, I'm kind of I'm, I'm liking this Canada experience. Okay. So I think we're all we know is the Canada experience, but it sounds right. like it's a walk in the park compared to maybe what it's like to be in a... I mean, yeah. we live in a city of uh, almost a million people, but it's not like New York City, where, where, and actually, as he tells it, most people actually left New York City. Who could leave? Oh, Whoever is that right? Whoever could leave okay. has left, kind of thing. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, including him. Including him. Um, he's, yeah, and he's got, <laughs> by the way, a kick-ass condo in Winnipeg, two, two levels on Grosvenor uh, for something like, I can't remember how much he was paying. Do you mean, I, I think he gets a deal because he's paying in U.S. cash. Or something, oh, but it was like, oh, oh my yeah. god! I, I looked around at his condo yesterday, and I was like, this is pretty sweet. Like, there's a, some nice Airbnb. If you're gonna quarantine, <laughs> choose an Airbnb. You know what? That's very true. And actually, I've looked into Airbnbs when I booked guests for FanQuest. Uh, the last year we did it, um, I did book uh, one of our guests at a very nice Airbnb in St. Boniface, and it was, it was he loved it. He had a great time. He said it was much better than a hotel, and it just would, would do that every time. So, yeah, it works. How out. about you? What's new? What's happening in your COVID life? <laughs> not, not a heck of a lot. I've uh, I am officially on vacation. Me too. Um, Me too. Uh, but you were still on the conference. You said there was a conference call that I wasn't a part of. But you were still on that. Well, they canceled the... a bunch of courses at Red River College, and I guess they yeah. wanted to. Not, and you teach in one of them actually, but only uh, well, one. I'm still class. teaching it. Yeah. Um, so, so but, I, yeah. I wanted to find out what it was about. So, though I was on vacation, you don't have the driving curiosity that I have. <laughs> I don't. I don't have the. I don't have the initiative to check my email when I'm on vacation. Is really the issue. But part just... part of me was like, this could be good news. This could be my my generous severance package. Oh, okay. <laughs> Come on. I don't want to be on vacation wondering, uh, do I have a generous severance package? And the answer was right. no, I do not. No, of course not. No, no. So anyway, so back to you. How are you? How are the kids? Kids are good. Uh, you know, we're, we're getting out more and doing more things outside now that we're allowed to kind of go out and do some some stuff. So we've done some uh, mini golf and bowling and different activities like that. Can't really That's go open? out of the city. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, all this stuff's open. Oh, yeah. Bowling's bowling open. Nobody, was a hot spot. Nobody bowls anyway. So there's nobody in there. There was nobody in there. The guys like we sanitized everything. I'm like, okay. They sanitized all the balls. The balls are clean. And uh, do you get your balls sanitized oh, on the way? Oh in? yes, the balls. <laughs> the balls are always sanitized. Insert ball joke here. Um, but but it's been you know it, it has still been challenging, kind of finding stuff to do. But we're 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 dealing with it pretty well. Um, yeah, and then the, just continuing to work at the radio station, doing some news here and there, filling in for uh, for people on vacation. Uh, that's pretty much it. Not, not much else is new. I've been watching a lot of stuff. We'll talk about that later. Um, I do want to talk about a few things, though. In I guess you could say this is like our nerd news segment. Nerd news. Kenton, are you on TikTok at all? I have a TikTok account. Uh, I got the students to go on TikTok to uh, in last semester in ad class. And uh, I gave him bonus marks for a like, bonus mark, I think one one percent bonus for going on there and having fun at the beginning of a class, just so they could see how it works. And I made them do it in groups, so not everybody would need to get one. And it turned out pretty good. Some were better than others. Some people just phoned it in, literally phoned it in on their phone. Other other people, uh, you know, uh, stepped stepped up to the challenge and actually did responses and really embrace it and i noticed that some of them are still posting over the summer but i think they forgot about me <laughs> i just followed you on tiktok oh, did you? i'll follow you yeah back. well it's gonna launch the music you can't stop the music as the village people once said you can't stop the music oh i, for I forgot to tell you actually i also um adopted a cat that's the other thing that, the other big news of the we so did we we have two did you know that oh i did yeah you told me that last yeah. time uh oh she's sleeping over What's there the cat's she's name? not around uh dotty dotty where'd you get the yeah 
uh, Humane Society. And actually, it was one of our students who uh, who helped me at the Humane Society, who works there uh, part-time. So That's great. Yeah, it's awesome. I, I thought I'd start a band and call it the Inhumane Society. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good punk band name, hey? It is. Yeah, so um, the reason I bring up TikTok, I am also on TikTok. I've never, I haven't posted anything yet. I can't quite wrap my head around the content and how to create these videos, but they are very creative, and I do enjoy what I see on there. I'm mainly on there because my kids are on there, and I'm kind of monitoring what they do and what they post. I, I mean, come oh, on. I can't. So, I, I'd actually enjoy that seeing. What yeah, Shannon, Shannon's been posting some animations and stuff, so she's doing, and she's just really kind of posting it to her and her friends. So I'm just kind of keeping track of that. But uh, the reason I bring it up is because it, there are very uh, strong indications that the U.S. and some other countries may be banning TikTok from being used uh, because they're afraid of uh, China stealing their secrets. It's the first Chinese-owned social media company to make serious inroads in in Western part of the world. Like you know, there's all kinds of um, was it WeChat and there's a couple other uh, um, apps that that just are used over. On that part of the world, but this one is. And the, to be fair, it wasn't invented there; it was just purchased. It used to be called Musically. I don't know if yeah. you're aware of that. Yeah, it was yeah, my kids. My kids were on it when it was on Musically as well, and uh, and so then uh, a Chinese company purchased it, and they, you know, everyone's afraid that they're sharing all the all the personal information that, of course, every social media platform gathers from us. You you can uh, scrape that data with like a marketing software package, well, you can do it, you can get it. And the only thing that stops you from knowing individuals is your ethics. So how do you like that? That's scary. But then the, the, that's the issue is that they're they're freaking out because it's a Chinese owned company. So it's okay for Facebook to do this because it's an American owned company, but not for this company. It's kind of weird to me that they're really seriously considering uh, banning this app because they, they really feel like that's stealing people's information. Well, of course it is. <laughs> they all are. There's, they all are, and that's the way this business works. Um, so I just think it's funny that, uh, that that popped up in my news feed today that uh, that TikTok is being uh, – there. there is some serious talk about banning TikTok. And a lot of TikTokers I follow are talking about it as well in their videos. They're so. TikToking about it. They're TikToking about it, I, absolutely. I, um, I heard a really good interview with somebody from China who now is not in China and free to speak his mind. And I can't remember, uh, he's like a former engineer or something like that. And he was saying like the main issue is that he, and Huawei would fall under this too. But he said the main issue is there is no distinction in China. This was his opinion, by the way. I'm not, okay. like I can't verify this, but this is what he said and he was believable. But he said in China, there is no distinction between a company and a government because the government is integrated into every company. And he says, because it's a communist society, right? Right. It's communist. Yeah. So he's okay. like, that's the main distinction. And it is a concern. Like, he's like, yeah, it's not really like Facebook in that sense. It's more, it's, it's, it's it, like there is somebody probably from the government, maybe at least one person, maybe more working there and um, analyzing data at the very least. And by analyzing d data, who knows what I'm talking about? It could be for use in, in many different kinds of applications. Um, so it's, it's kind of like, um, I'm thinking of like those old 80s movies where there's always the political attache. It, it, well, this is how Russia was, but USSR was depicted like this because it was a communist society. And there was always that kind of political advisor, somebody who worked for the KGB, uh, who would always be a part of everything. You know, every even even in um, in uh, Chernobyl, there was that as well that that aspect of it, right? So yeah, it's really it is kind of sketchy. The the thing I I mean I'm looking at it um, as far as a Canadian perspective, and if the U.S. does in fact cancel it or, or ban it from use in the U.S., I wouldn't surprise me for Canada to follow suit, given that our two countries, China and Canada, are also kind of at at odds with each other right now over the Michaels, the two Michaels. Uh, which is another thing. Any U.S. listeners can look that up. Uh, it's a two. They've been holding these two Michaels prisoner for almost two years now. Well, Canada arrested the CEO of Huawei on the request of the United States. Right. And then so China was like, well, here's two Canadians. Let's arrest them. Right. That seemed to be the. Nobody, <laughs> that's right. Nobody asked them to arrest them. They just decided to do so. But my question is, at what point does that become the – because it was done at the request of the U.S. When does the U.S. take that person – into the U.S. Like, when did they do the extradition there and get her into uh, U.S. hands? It's and then one hearing after another. It's one hearing after another. Yeah, there's, yeah, the, yeah, there's, 
I mean, the wheels of justice and law move slowly in every country. That's probably one thing that all the countries have in common. And if the wheels of justice don't move slowly, it's pro you probably live in a country where they execute you uh, when somebody just accuses you of something. So maybe it's good that the wheels of justice move slowly. But uh, yeah, I, I think it's just, it's going to be hearing after hearing after hearing and challenge after challenge after challenge. And then I guess we'll find out. But I think, did you see Britain... I think it was just yesterday, um, they, uh, I think they uh, are now, I, at first I think Boris Johnson said, oh no, Huawei can have access to the network, and then I think as recently as yesterday he said, no, they can't. So I'm not sure, <laughs> I'd have to double check to, uh, okay. and see what where, where that's at, but that's, it's an ongoing concern in every country, for sure. And TikTok may be the victim of it. Um, well, I mean, I, we'll see. I, my guess is they'll find some way to... Yeah, I mean, it's I, I recognize it as being like a legitimate like it's up there. It's it's managed to kind of stick around. Um, I would say probably longer than Vine, although Vine was was around for a few years. But I love Vine. The, this, this doesn't look. It, it, this is very much like Vine yeah, in a lot of ways. It's it very is. short video content. It, there's no time limit necessarily, so you don't necessarily have to do six seconds. But most of the most of the videos I see are only like fifteen to twenty seconds anyway. They're not very long. No, the shorter and, the better. Uh, yeah, and, and but they can get very clever with the editing and the uh, the music they use and the dances and stuff. It can be a lot of fun. Um, do you have any favorite TikTokers that you follow? Um, I the, like I did what I do every time I get a new social media, and that is I followed. I took some recommendation. Uh, somebody I can't remember who it was. Someone who I someone whose opinion I respect had like ten TikTok talkers you need to follow, and so I did, and. Um, yeah, I think in retrospect, I think a few of those have turned out to be quite good, but most of them were kind of not my thing. There's a guy, a guy writing songs. It was fine. It was okay. It wasn't really my kind of music, kind of soul, kind of soul style stuff. But uh, one of the world's biggest TikTokers. I can't probably believe that would be enough for most people to identify him, but I don't remember now. And. Uh, uh, then I, there was a couple in there like Howie Mandel, Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> a couple, oh, come on. A couple like that. I try to remember who else was in there. And then, but then the ones that I ended up getting the biggest bang out of were the just with the algorithm through my way. Yeah, that, actually, I find the algorithm is really good for serving up stuff that you like. Um, a couple I discovered actually based on a recent Rhett and Link video, they did their own, they did, talked about their own favorite TikTokers. And there's one called. Uh, her name's Sarah Cooper, and her her username is at what you got for me. Um, I'll link to it in the uh, in the show notes. Um, and she does these dubs. A lot a lot of what TikTok is is dub overs, so dub people dubbing like movie scenes or or whatever or songs. But she does Trump interviews, so she dubs Trump. She like voices like um, mouths the words. To, she plays Trump in all these different interviews, and it just kind of shows how stupid the things he says are. Like he just just ridiculous. It's very very funny. Um, what's that? Yeah. And there's another one called, uh, Vanessa Simeon V flow underscore XO. She works at a gas station and she just does these little videos with all the customers that come up. Like she thinks she just works them out ahead of time. Okay. Let's do a bit for TikTok. I'm going to ask you this question. You say something and then they do it. A lot of them are really funny. Like, do you want to, do you want to receive it for this donut? He's like, what does it look like? I'm going to return it. I'm going to eat this thing. Come on. And he's like, I guess, uh, gives her attitude, that kind of thing. Anyway, I, I read a really good article in the New York times about how some of the biggest TikToks and one of the mysteries of TikTok is how the algorithm works. Oh, okay. Because they said some of the most watched TikToks are notable for being odd and not necessarily even entertaining or funny or anything, okay. just being super weird. And I think there's one. There's one where somebody walks up to a counter at like a Best Buy or something, and then the person looks surprised and takes a step back, but that's it. Like nothing really. Ha like that's all. That, I, I will say that is one of the the my uh, kind of negative things about TikTok is that sometimes there's no indication as to when the video is over. Like they don't really end it well. Um, they just kind of it, and it, it does play in a loop until you flip to the next one. So there is that aspect, which was part of Vine as well. But some of these people don't like they just don't end it well. You don't know that there, there should be something else coming after that. There should be a definite end to the sketch or whatever it is. It's its own weird form of entertainment. Just like you, you were saying how your kids have a 
weird sense of humor on some of the YouTube stuff that they look at. And, and that they Shannon look talks about that. All she talks about the um, Generation Y or is Generation Z? I guess she's she considers herself Generation Z uh, sense of humor. And she says so much. Isn't it different from yours? What What did you think was funny when you were a kid? She'd ask me that. I'm like, I don't know, Ren and Stimpy. Like, what do you want me to say? <laughs> like that. And yeah, that's also was kind of a weird thing. But that like. You know, there are some things that are just universally funny, and I think that there is quite a bit of funny uh, content on TikTok. Some of it is weird, but also quite a bit of it is funny. So. Funny that she pointed that out to you. Yeah, yeah exactly. I was actually very... I was thinking of that this week. It's like, I used to double over in laughter when Dick Van Dyke jumped around <laughs> the thing so he wouldn't trip on it in the, in the opening yeah. credits. <laughs> I was like, that's hilarious. He used to trip on that. No, he doesn't. That was like the, the viral video of its day. Black and yeah. white. Dick Van Dyke, da 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 Like, you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> it is different. Times change. Uh, shifting gears to a different type of entertainment. Um, today, tomorrow maybe, I think, tomorrow's Friday, in B.C., a number of movie theaters are reopening. That's when they're starting to reopen theaters in B.C. Uh, so far, no, no word here in Manitoba where we live, but it looks like it's, it's starting to happen where movie theaters are starting to reopen. And I'm just wondering what your thoughts are on that. Uh, are you going to come here? I will absolutely go to the movies. I, I miss going to the movies in the theater. I really do. Um, I I, uh, I just wonder why. I, my question is, why is it like okay to go to a restaurant? And what's wrong? Like, why is a the movie theater so bad? If we're allowed to eat inside in a restaurant with other people, why is a the movie theater the, the evil place? I think it's, uh, there's a few things at work. One of them is outdoor is better than indoor. So sure, but I've gone to indoor restaurants. A patio. But then the other thing is length of time spent in the location is also a factor. And I think because every, when everybody thinks of movie theaters, they think about sitting next to a stranger where that won't be the case. They can't do that anymore. Well, it, it, it's not like it happens very often anyway. Let's be honest. Movie theaters are not as packed as they used to be. O only for, like we've talked about in the past, only for big budget blockbusters, Star Wars franchises, Marvel, that kind of stuff, do we ever see packed movie theaters on opening night. And so, um, yeah, I think that a lot is going to change. I think they're going to require masks of everybody. They're going to have to give everybody masks as they come in. Um, I think it's it's, it's going to be great for you as, as they're going to enforce social distancing. So you get guaranteed to not have any annoying strangers beside you. As you watch the movie, you won't be able to hear their talking or their popcorn bags crinkling. Would you um, wear a mask for the duration of the movie? If they required me to, yeah. But only if they require you to. I don't mean to make light of the situation. I know that the COVID-19 pandemic is very serious and many people have died, but I, I get quite amused at people who get so upset over the mask thing. Um, Cause I do, I, I, I've not, I've only worn a mask when people have asked me to. That's the only time I know. Like, for example, when we went to the humane society, they made us wear a mask. Fine. That's fine. But, um, and when I went to get uh, my kids' eyes exam, they, they had to get an eye appointment. They had to wear a mask in there as well. But I'm not wearing it going shopping. I'm not sick. I haven't been sick this whole time. So I don't feel like there's any reason for me to wear it as somebody who's not sick. But I think the reason why they're being so vocal about it is to just reinforce with those people, if you are sick, wear a mask. Like, just wear it. I think they're saying wear it just to be safe anyway. That's the, that's the attitude about it. Um, whereas, you know, I just feel like I'm... I'm not going to pass it. I don't. I don't have it. I don't have COVID nineteen. I'm well, sure. Well, in Manitoba, I mean, and I think if we have listeners who aren't in Manitoba, they wouldn't know. But we only have thirteen people who have it in Manitoba, and we Curren currently yes. And it hit, and COVID hit when it was still cold in Winnipeg. We all, and but we were all terrified at first too. So we all stay home. Um, and the upshot is that we have done better than. 90% of planet Earth, I would suggest. We have done uh, quite a bit better. So in here in Manitoba, there is it, it's there is a by far greater chance of you getting hit by lightning than there is of you catching COVID at this moment in time. Right. Yeah, I, I mean, we're, yeah, we have the luxury of that here. Yes, it's, it's, um, it's different in other places, for sure. Very true. But BC, and BC is like one of the hardest hit provinces of in Canada. Like BC, Ontario, yeah. and, and Quebec were the three 
biggest uh, cases of, of COVID-19, the biggest instances. Um, so it's surprising to me that they're one of the first uh, provinces to reopen theaters. Um, but my other question is, what movies are people watching? There have been no releases. No films have been released. I mean, the ones that have gone, there have been ones who have gone direct to, to on demand, as we've seen. Um, I, haven't, I, mean, I haven't actually watched any of them. And I've, pretty much everybody I've talked to, um, they bulk at the $20, $25 fee to rent one of those movies. They're not willing to. We, we learned that people are not willing to do that as much as you are. Other people are not. I haven't, though. Well, I know you haven't, but it hasn't, it hasn't been really, the right movie hasn't come out for you, well, right? I, like, I, if, I watched Cinematech's documentary. Cinematech show, showed the documentary The Booksellers, which I wanted to see a lot about uh, rare and vintage booksellers in New York City. And I think I paid a premium for that. That might have been out close to 20 bucks. I can't remember. Something like that. And I was like, I was happy to pay it. But the, Well, you're supporting a local business, though, in that case as well, right? Well, the, yeah, there's two things at work. But then I did, ultimately, I rented the movie, I can't, I always forget what it's called, Never, Rarely, Sometimes, Always, Always, Sometimes, Rarely, Never. I, can't, I don't know. Anyway, it's <laughs> no idea it's what you're talking those about. those words in a, some order that I can't remember. And never, Always, Sometimes, Maybe. It's actually an early, <laughs> Call me maybe. it's an early Oscar favorite, and it's really good. It's like new, it's first time actors. Um, boy, I don't, I don't think I want to spoil it, but it, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's excellent. And I, and I saw it on everybody's best of the first six months of the year list so i rented it but it was available i think for 25 bucks for the first few months but i waited till it was rentable and i got it for six okay so uh you know we all have but if a new star wars movie suddenly showed up on there i'd probably pay 50 you know yeah that's yeah if you wanted that much like the one movie that i really want to see in theaters is tenet is the new uh um Christopher Nolan film, uh, but there, it, like, there's no word. It was set to come out, I think July. Mm, um, let me look at the dates. They delayed here. it. They delayed Twice it. Yes, they, they did. They delayed it. So it was, yeah, it was supposed to come out next Friday, July 17th, and they've delayed it. I don't know when it's being set to. So currently, the next big movie to come out in theaters is Mulan, the live action remake of Mulan, which is set to come out on the 24th Yawn. of July. So, <laughs> well, I, mean- I asked my. I asked my kids, do you guys want to see that? Because I don't yeah. think they've ever seen the original Mulan. And they, they've been phys- my, my kids have been ph- philosophically opposed to any of the live-action Disney remakes because they don't like the idea of them just taking the same movie and making it live-action, which is what they've done for all of them. Yeah, I'm with much. them. I, I, I agree with that. I, there's just been nothing that's really justified it. Right. So, um, but this one is apparently not just a direct remake. It actually differs from the the animated uh, film quite a bit. Um, But the other thing is that they're not going to be able to pack people into theaters. So they're going to have like social distancing. Now, how much much do you think is going to be two seats between? Like, obviously, you can sit with people from your family. If you go with your family, you can sit together. But then you're going to have like a buffer zone between... um, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know how they're going to... It's got to be six seats. I don't know how they're going to maintain that. Like, they, it's not like they can do the thing that, that airlines were doing where they just didn't sell the middle seat, right? They That's what they did, even though that's not very far apart, to be fair. Well, how, about, st- how about the, I need to leave the... Uh, I've got to go to the bathroom. And so everybody has to, like, just suck up and let you pot, let you buy. And that's how it would work at a theater, too. Yeah, like, there no, is no walking out of a row without <laughs> crossing where people are sitting. Right, but I've th- I think of times where I've gone to the movies and there's been barely anybody in the theater, and I think that would be a, that would not be a problem. But I just wonder on on opening night of Mulan's opening night, which if if I, I guarantee you that they will sell out as much as they can. People are people are wanting to go back to the movie theaters, so there will be however much of a sellout they can get. But that's probably going to be half capacity. I'm thinking like a fifty percent capacity at the movie theater. Um, they're going to have to sanitize all those seats and wipe everything down. So they're actually going to have to really clean the theater instead of just pretending to clean the theater like they usually do. Um, <laughs> so they're going to have to get in there and, and wipe it all down. So there's going to be a longer turnaround time between the movies. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's going it's, to it's interesting to see what's going to happen there. They're building a brand new movie theater down the street from me over at Kildonan Place. Why? Uh, well, they started doing it last uh. year. They started doing it before all this hit, and they're continuing with it. It's starting to really take take shape. I think it'll be done by, by the fall. So hopefully bad things are back to normal by then. But it's going to be a massively, like one of those big, like a cinema city. It's going to be a big multiplex kind of thing, and uh, we'll see what happens with that. But I am, again, when, I, when Tenet comes out, I am going to go see it in the theater. Um, and I'm, I am excited to go. I, I do like going to see movies in the theater. But if you, what if you had the option to see it in the theater or for the same price, watch it on demand? No, no, it's not the same experience, though. 
So you want to do it? No, not watching it on demand in my house, in my house with my kids, and my like the kids at least shut up in the movie theater, right? They don't, <laughs> although they don't necessarily. Right. Jack and Shannon, Jack and Shannon like to do these little run-on commentaries during movies. I let them go sit on their own. They're the, probably the annoying kids behind you because um, they like to crack jokes. They're like they're like Mystery Science Theater three thousand. They do. They like to crack jokes and, they and do that make from fun home. stuff. They, should... they do. They do. It's funny. Yeah. They do when we they watch do movies. Do a YouTube channel where they do that. <laughs> no, I told them that they don't want to do it. But Why? It's, they they can be very very funny. Um, so, yeah, we'll see what happens with this. But I, I think that uh, here in Manitoba, I mean, things are going very well, certainly better than B.C. So it would not surprise me to see movie theaters open within the next few weeks, probably in time for Mulan to come out. Right. And uh, and people will go to the theater. So we'll check in and see how that goes. I might go check it out to see how busy it is. And, like, again, I have no fear. I have no fear. When do they open here? Well, I don't know. They don't. They haven't set a date. That's the thing. The, the, the release date for Mulan is July 24th, which is uh, a, w- a week from tomorrow, I think. If people don't go to the theater, it's going to go on demand tomorrow. so fast. Yeah, and that's a Disney has shown that they will just put it out in demand. They did that with a number of titles so far. Um, Artemis Fowl, I think, was one yeah. that was supposed to be a theater. And it's just as well, because apparently that one's awful. So, same with know. the John Stewart movie, which is apparently the biggest turd ever. Uh, oh, ir- no. Irreplaceable I was hoping that was... Or whatever. Oh, I was hoping called? that was going to be good. Yeah. Well, John Stewart and, and Steve Carell, you think that's going to be a good uh, team up? Apparently, but... it's crap. I read some oh, of the no. worst reviews. I don't know what it is on Rotten Tomatoes, but I read three like brutal reviews from major news sources. <laughs> oh, that's, that's a shame. I went like, actually. So this na- could be a blessing in disguise for some of these. The name the of movies. the movie, the promotions, it does have a cheap, chintzy, this isn't going to be good quality to it, but. Okay. Might be worth watching just to see how bad it is. But well, I'm, once it once it comes to on demand or Netflix or whatever, I'll watch it. Like just I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to say that movie theaters as we know them, there I, th- I think we're in for a culling because like, because Cineplex is in big trouble in Canada, right? Like they they had a they had a buyer lined up, and now suddenly the buyer fell apart. Now they're suing each other, all of that. Um, and it's all because they thought the buyer thought that the movie business was a good investment until it's, uh, they suddenly didn't. Well, c- until the pandemic hit and nobody was going to movies right. anymore, right? So there were. So you should get a discount on that purchase. But I, I got a bad feeling about movie theaters. I don't know. So you think that we think we're going to have less, fewer movie theaters then, or yeah. fewer showings? Um, I was talking to somebody about it the other day, and they said, uh, really, there's no, there's no reason to show that movie more than once a day. Like, if you're going to show a movie, show it once a day and that's it. Like, there's no need for an early show or a late show. Just pick a time. People will show up when they want to see it. Like, a lot of a lot of what the movie theater industry does is kind of locked in a traditional, yeah. here's what we, like a matinee. Like, there's no real need for a matinee. Nobody really goes to the movies in the afternoon anymore. Like, there's a lot of things that could change about that business model. But, right? but the, whole, the whole business model, the whole idea is you get young people on the opening weekend and you pack them in as often as possible, as many times, because the box office drops off dramatically after opening weekend. Right. That's the yeah. modern world we lived in. And now it might be some like, I don't know. I don't know what the model is now because we're used to that. And now how do you, like, how can the model be, we're only going to have, you know, six couples allowed into <laughs> the auditorium and uh, we're going to count on people coming to see this sustained over three months uh, i just don't see i don't think it's i don't think it's viable just even from a traffic standpoint i just well, don't think you, you're right it. about the you're right about the box office fall off because it does happen more often than it used to i mean it used to be obviously back in the day we'd have movies running for months in theaters if it were good and people liked it people kept going to see it a movie would run for six months was not unusual titanic um, was probably the last big one that yeah. that was there for years kind of thing yeah. no titanic yeah. ran for a year i think and it was like the last one that did that for sure avatar i don't remember how long avatar ran for but avatar was another similar um event i guess you could say event film where people everyone was going to see it no matter what first, it's funny because it's first such 3D, a forgettable movie first yeah good 3d was the way <laughs> it was marketed and it was true uh but uh i even remember i sort of waited until they were like uh oh, two weeks left i waited until two weeks left oh really yeah, oh, yeah. i saw it twice i saw it twice in the theaters i actually went to see it more than once, I saw it once but in the both theater. times i saw it it was packed and that was like again ongoing so we're saying goodbye to that type of a thing that's not going to happen anymore it can't happen anymore. but i also think uh we'll see what happens but if, if public 
If public demand is I want to see this at home and I'm not going to a theater, or maybe you live in a market where the theater is not open, I think that the studios, I mean, look, look at Disney Plus putting Hamilton on there. Yeah. You know, like that was going to be... That was probably going to be a theater theatrical release. Yeah, right? but, but they probably signed up another million people or something onto Disney Plus and it's become a different kind of play. So now you're, you're a filmmaker you don't need a you don't need the distribution network anymore that's the thing you don't need the middleman to show your movie unless you think you're getting an oscar nomination and they even changed that for covid yeah yeah so uh, yeah, that's right yeah i mean because what would be nominated <laughs> <You know? laughs> nothing yeah but um well, and that's not good news for james cameron who's working on the avatar sequels right now well, that's what i was thinking i, think... I mean <laughs> What are you going to do? And the 3D home TV never panned out. No, yeah. So, And, and I don't know that. I mean, uh, we only ever heard about that first Trolls movie that apparently did well when they released it on demand at home. Yeah. Um, and we didn't really hear about anything else. So I don't think anything else is really done well enough for them to warrant bragging about it. So I think that people are not willing to spend 20 to $25 for a movie at home, um, which is not good for the theater, for the movie business that being said they could probably still make money off of it by charging you know the regular five or six bucks or just or selling it, it selling it to disney plus or netflix or right from yeah, amazon they can sell Prime. It for um now if a movie makes now for some big blockbusters like a star wars or a marvel film that will make you know a billion dollars um there's no way they're going to sell it to a to those streaming platforms for a billion dollars but disney disney already owns that stuff so disney can just put it on disney plus um, but, but there's some example like on Amazon Prime. I noticed for they must have they have some deal with stand-up comedians in Australia. Have you noticed uh, that it's all no. Australian stand-up comics? It's bizarre. Oh, and funny. It, well, it's good. It's good. Like I've seen a bunch of them, and they're, and they're like, "Wow, these guys are great." Uh, I never would have heard of them. But it's almost like they made some deal with whoever was the agent, the distri distributor for these stand-up specials, but they all look like they were shot around last year. So it okay. looks like there's something going on where they made that deal. Certainly this has been the time for streaming services to shine. And I definitely have noticed that in the last few months with those oh, with yeah. Amazon prime Netflix got all the Ghibli movies. Have you seen that? Like that? All the studio studio Ghibli is that uh, J J uh, Japanese animation studio. They did um, princess Mononoke spirited away. My neighbor Totoro. Like there's very critically acclaimed, animated films we watched uh me and the kids watched spirited away uh last week and it's amazing it's an amazing film like i i just was blown away about how how quickly it gets moving how fast the story is how interesting it is and they're just like there's probably a good two dozen animated films on there so that's a that's a newer deal that netflix pulled with with studio ghibli um I don't know what else there is as far as... Oh, well, Amazon has also gotten quite a bit. Amazon has like all these great old TV series like Lost. And uh, there was another one I saw in there. I can't remember what it was recently. But it looks like Amazon's got like a, lots of great old TV coming, which is the one thing they kind of lacked. Uh, when they first started out, they had some movies. They had good original series, but they didn't have much in the way of TV content. Well, that's getting better now. Um, and the Crave package, I've gotten back onto Crave uh, TV with HBO um, uh, for something I want to talk about in a second. But uh, again, lots of great content on there as well. So it really is like we don't really have as much of a reason to go to the theater right now because there's so much great content we have access to at home for, for, for a very cheap, like not a lot of money. Um, uh, one of the, this YouTube channel I follow, I don't know if I talked about him before in the podcast, but it's this guy, um, Joseph, Joseph Benedictus, I think is his last name is, and he's based in Ontario and he does these videos where he compares American to Canadian, um, things. Have I told you about him? Okay. So it's, it's pretty funny. It's like the, he, he lives on one side of Niagara Falls basically, or Buff one guy lives in Buffalo and the other guy lives on the other side of the border. So it's American and Canadian. And they do things like, let's compare American McDonald's to Canadian McDonald's. And then they go, they both go pick up food at McDonald's and they meet and they compare all the different things. They look at portions. It's it's like the kind of stuff I like to watch on YouTube. But they take it even further and they compared uh, American Netflix to Canadian Netflix and American HBO to Canadian HBO and how much you get and what you pay for. And we actually, it turns out we pay less that Americans do for that content. Um, we have access to all of it, all the old shows. Yeah. and Yeah, but so do they. But they, as far as a monthly fee, they pay less. We pay less, apparently. Um, so anyway, that's the kind of stuff that, that uh, we have to choose from. 
Um, so yeah, like I said, I am missing going to the movies, but I can't think of any other movie other than Tenet coming out that I want to see. Um, and usually this time of year, the summertime, I would be like all over all the summer blockbusters and all the Marvel movies. There's nothing like that coming out this year. So well, there was supposed to be Black Widow, so we'll see what they do with Black, that. That was yeah, that was supposed to come out in the in the springtime, but that's it been postponed. And nothing for Star Wars. Hey, nothing else for that. Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see, I guess, and see what happens. But if I do go to the movies, I'll let you know about it and let you know how my experience was. Great. I will, I will go on opening day if that's what it takes to, wow. to report back. So I'll let you guys know. Oh my God. Don't catch COVID. <laughs> um, so yeah, as I said, I did hook up the HBO and Crave package that we have here in Canada. I actually did it for Doom Patrol, which is one of my favorite comic book based TV shows. You know, I like the comic book shows. I don't know shows. that show. Uh, it's really good. It's it's. Uh, I mean the okay. Um, shoot, uh, Timothy. Oh man, one of the Bonds, Timothy Dalton. Yeah. Is that his name? Yeah. Timothy Dalton. Yeah, Timothy Dalton's in it, and Brandon Fraser is in it. Um, those are the only bigger names that you would recognize. Although uh, Brandon Fraser plays a robot, so you don't see his face ever. You see it sometimes in flashbacks, but not in. A, he's the guy whose brain was input put into a robot body. Um, it's a really weird and twisted uh, TV show, and it is based on DC Comics property. So there are people like Cyborg is a part of this, um, and we do have occasional like people, other other DC characters jumping in. Um, I really like it. It's kind of this like um, it's like a misfits of superheroes, like all the the unwanted superheroes, and they all kind of have their issues, and it's it's really good. So I hooked it up for that, and then I was just looking at what was offered on HBO, and came across Perry Mason, and I had I saw you tweeting about it on the weekend, and I I remember hearing an ad for it on on CGOB where I work. Um, talking about the new acclaimed series, Perry Mason, take a, take a deep dive into his past as a private investigator. And I'm sitting there going, no one is clamoring for uh, this franchise to be rebooted. What are they doing? Like, I thought it was the stupidest idea when I first heard it. Perry Mason is my grandmother's favorite TV show. What are the, what are they doing here? So, but I, I saw it with the hell and I decided to give it a try and it's really freaking good. I really it. Like actually it. is really good. And actually the first episode I was like, it's a, I don't know, it's fine. And the second yeah. one I was like, oh, okay, that was a bit much. That was a really strong episode. And then the third one too was like, oh, this is. Oh, I haven't seen the third one yet. I've only watched well, the, the first two episodes. Well, the third one's strong, but it's also weird. It's, it's like, like after I watched it, I was like, ah, oh, it's got a little kind of, like Boardwalk Empire had the weird kind of thing going on in Sopranos. And I think it's like sort of got a little of that going on. It's, well, it's also got the great period piece uh, aspect of it as well. It takes place in the early 30s. Not a ton of other shows take place during that time. So we have not had a good like deep dive into this time period. It's really interesting. It's like Depression era, Los Angeles. Um, it's really accurate as far as the depiction of the, the time and the, and the place. And, and the character of Perry Mason, I guess, is, of course, based, based on a literary character. It was a series of books first before it was anything else. So this is based on, like, he was a private detective. Eventually, he becomes a lawyer. I'm assuming that's going to happen in the, in the series as well. We already saw a, a glimpse of that in one scene uh, in the first episode where he's going to court for something and is basically acting as his own lawyer because his lawyer is an idiot. Um, it's, that was really good. But also the supporting cast, like, like um, John Lithgow is in it and um tatiana tatiana mazzolani yes he's this preacher lady that's a weird that was... it is a weird role <laughs> yeah and it's a weird look at like religion and and, and organized religion in that time in in yeah. california it does remind me a lot of old brother or out thou that kind of that um you know i don't know what, know what to call it it's like with the tents the revival kind of a um thing where they yeah that kind of thing i don't know it's, it's really interesting i really like it it's uh, the guy who plays perry mason i have no idea who that guy is i've never seen oh that's matthew reese he's he's from the american oh he's <laughs> the main he's the guy in the is american. It really okay yes he is never i never yeah. saw the americans i thought i thought i think i'm thinking of jonathan reese <laughs> i think of jonathan reese is that the guy's name there's another reese that I was thinking of. Oh, Reese Davies or whatever. Reese Davies uh, from Raiders of the Lost Ark. No, 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 not that guy. Uh, that's uh, that's um, Professor Arturo from uh, from Sliders. Jonathan Reese Myers. That's who I was thinking of. Oh, okay. What's this guy's name? Matthew Reese. R H Y S. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. That's why I thought Jonathan Reese Myers is in. Yeah, hold on. Yeah, Matthew Reese. Yeah. Yeah, I don't even... Oh, man, he looks totally different in these photos, too, in these, like, 
normal photos, he looks so kind of like you know beat down and so weathered. Like he is the the typical detective, like uh, private detective, scummy private detective. Oh, he's only one year older than and me. You want to know what the wacky um, thing about him is? He's actually he actually speaks with a British accent. Yeah, he's yeah he's, from, he's one of those uh, he's guys. Wild, from Wales. Yeah, yeah, well, Welsh so accent, he, I guess. But it's it's uh, yeah, it's one of those guys where you're like, that guy is not American. That's crazy. Well, you know, they do such a good job over there, and there that's like got to be the first class they take. They all take how to do an American accent. And by the way, he he co-starred with in the Americans, and is also married to in real life. Zori Bliss from Star Wars. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yes. I didn't know that. I knew she was in the Americans, but I did not know that's uh, that's uh, you would interesting. Love, well, you would love the TV show The Americans, by the way. I'm sure. I've it's heard very solid. good things. It is solid, and they ended it, if anything, they ended it a little early, so there is no padding. It is riveting all the way through. Yeah, I'm just looking through his IMDb here, and I'm not seeing a ton of other... Stuff that he was, uh, he did a role in Bojack, Bojack Horseman. Um, some voice work. There's nothing else I would have seen him in other than the Americans would be the only other TV show. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, but he's really good in this. Like, I just really enjoy his, his performance. And you can tell there's a lot more to this character than what we're seeing. We see some flashbacks to him in the war. This is World War One, which is not a war we usually see, although we did see it in uh, recently in that movie. Um, what was it called again? Oh, 1917, oh, yeah, of yeah. course. Uh, yeah, yeah. That we see, and it was very similar to that kind of a scene. Yeah. Um, but yeah, really, really good stuff. Like, I really am, am enjoying that. It, high production values on that yeah. scene. I thought I was like, oh my god. Yeah. And very it's well a high done. production value in the whole thing because they have to transform the the world into 1932. Like, it's got to be. And there's another guy, the guy who plays like his his um his buddy there, his uh, assistant, or the guy who helps him out with his cases. Oh yeah, from Boardwalk oh, Empire. Oh, that guy's in everything. Okay, I didn't know from that. I know him from uh, Agent Carter. He was an Agent Carter. Yeah. Oh, he's in everything. Okay, okay let's get that actor's right, right, name because right, right. this is gonna drive us nuts. <laughs> and he is in everything. Like when he pops up, I'm like, ooh, the mark of quality because he's always in the in uh, in good high profile stuff. Okay, Perry Mason. I have to look at the which Perry Mason are we talking about here? I shouldn't. <laughs> I should know the name of this actor. It's actually a he's, crime he's got that a I great um, he's got a great face for um, he lo- his face looks like an old timey face. You know what I mean? Oh, Shay Shay Wiggum, Shay Wiggum, yeah, Franklin Shay Wiggum Jr. Uh, he was in Boardwalk Empire and in he was also in Kong Skull Island. Oh yeah, there yeah. he is. Yeah, True yeah, yeah. Detective Fargo. He was in Joker. But they're missing out. He was also in um, in uh, um, Agent Carter. Well, that guy is in everything, and he and and there's a re- wait a sec. There's a Boardwalk Empire reunion in Perry Mason. Him, and there's a second. Who's the other actor? There's a second actor from Boardwalk Empire, and of course, I can't remember. Who I never it watched is that now. show, so I don't know. Oh, that, oh, so good, so good. In some ways, Boardwalk Empire is like almost like a companion. Oh, this guy's this guy's in the upcoming Mission Impossible movie too. <laughs> He's in tons of stuff. Look at that. Cool. Anyway, so that's a really good show. I'm really enjoying that. It's gonna get me back to watching HBO. Is there anything else on HBO that's good right now? The documentary following Perry Mason on Sunday night. Oh, okay. I'll be alone in the dark. No, no. I'll be. <laughs> Let me just get the name of it. I'll be gone in the dark. Okay. That is, you know, Patton Oswalt's uh, deceased wife. Yes. She was a true crime journalist, and she uncovered the Golden State Killer. Okay. She, she found out who the Golden State Killer was, and this documentary chronicles um, how she did that as like a citizen, citizen journalist crime investigator. And with Patton Oswalt in the documentary talking, talking about about her mm-hmm. and about like w- what she did, um, and it's fascinating. It's and it sort of uh, takes it step by step. Like, why was she interested in this crime? And then what did she do to investigate it? 
how did she research it? And they're, so they're, they're kind of going through it. And at the end of each episode, I'm like, oh, when they run the credits, you're like, come on, give us a little more. <laughs> it's like that. It's like one of those where you're just like, oh, you just wish you could binge watch oh, okay. it. So it's cool. good. It's really worth watching. Oh, and I should also say um, uh, I May Destroy You is on Monday nights. Okay, did you ever watch Chewing Gum on Netflix? No. Okay, comedian named Michaela Cole, I believe her name is hilarious on chewing gum and always like she actually um is in star wars in the the new trilogy she is sitting she's like at a console and she turns around (laughs) she turns around and looks and she's in an episode of black mirror okay where with uh the one where bryce dallas howard is oh the social media one yeah yeah right right she's being alienated on social media anyway i may destroy you is a weird show and and at first I was like, what's the, like, I thought it was like another euphoria kind of, I was like, it's for the teens. <laughs> but the, the more I watch it, the more I think it's like, it's one of those confusing shows where you're like, what is this about? And as, it, and as the show progresses, I kind of like it more. I like it more every week. Hmm, cool. So, well, I'll check those yeah, out as well. There's always, Hey, there's no shortage of good stuff on HBO. Yeah, that's true. All right. Uh, before we go, I know we've talked about a lot, lots of TV shows yeah. and stuff already, but I do have a, a, something to recommend that's not sure. TV related or movie related, and that is a new season of Blockbuster is on uh, has been released on podcast. Um, it's uh, Blockbuster is the series. Last year, it talked about the career of or the early careers of George Lucas and Steven Spielberg, and how basically they kind of collaborated with each other and helped each other in the seventies when they were both making their you know, they're starting making that those awesome movies, Jaws and Star Wars and Close Encounters. So um, so that was the first season of Blockbuster. And the, the, the format of it is really cool because it's kind of half documentary, half audio drama because they reenact scenes with with like, you know, the, the people involved. Um, this year they're doing one about the season is about James Cameron and his uh, his kind of journey to, you know, Hollywood greatness or whatever you want to say um and it's really interesting because they they do kind of tie it in to for the first season they have in the first season there's a scene in which george lucas and i don't know that this really happened they do take some dramatic liberties with this but they have george lucas eating a burger in a cafe across the street from the from the uh chinese theater from uh man's chinese theater and there's a huge crowd outside he doesn't know what it is and he looks outside and oh shocker it's a lineup to see his movie to see star wars and he had no idea that it was going to be popular or whatever They, they kind of you know made that a bit more dramatic but then they now this season kind of postulates that James Cameron and his friends were in that audience and they did apparently go see it at that theater maybe not at the exact same time but um but and how Star Wars really kind of jump-started them on pursuing a a career in filmmaking because until Star Wars came out Nobody thought any of that stuff was possible, like all those special effects and all the different things that Star Wars did. So it just kind of, and then they did this in one of the episodes, uh, I think it's episode four that just came out yesterday. They also mentioned that Ridley Scott had the same experience. So Ridley Scott went to see Star Wars at Madison Chinese Theater and decided to start, work on Alien instead of the whatever other movie. He he decided to change his his trajectory and start working on sci-fi movies. So anyway, the whole thing is about James Cameron and his journey, and it's really interesting. I don't know how far they're going to take it. They didn't take Spielberg and Lucas too far past the 70s. They took him up till basically the Raiders of the Lost Ark kind of idea, and then they ended it there, like the two of them coming up with the idea for, for uh, Indiana Jones. Um, this one, I assume, I think they're probably going to take it to Titanic, at least Titanic, because uh, that, was, that was Cameron's biggest, like, although Avatar was also a hit. I don't know. We'll see where, where it goes, but it's really good. I would I would definitely recommend it. If you like movies, check out Blockbuster, and there's all kinds of behind-the-scenes content this year, which they didn't have last year, which is great. And the guy who does the voice case, okay, so they have a voice actor playing James Cameron in the in the dramatic roles, and his name is uh, Ross Marquand, Mark, Mark, Markand, and you may remember him from such films as, um, well, such TV series as The Walking Dead. Um, I don't know how else to describe him other than to say he played the gay guy in The Walking Dead. I think, uh, I don't know. It might have been after you stopped watching. I think um, it was because I don't know who that is. Uh, but he was very, <laughs> he was good on The Walking Dead, to yeah. give him credit. But he also played, uh, he was, he's a very talented impressionist. Not only is he a good actor, he's a talented impressionist, which is why they probably hired him to do an impression of James Cameron. Um, but he was also in um, the last two Avengers movies. He played the Red Skull. In those wow. in those scenes where uh, you know we see Black Widow 
sacrifice yourself or whatever that because i guess they couldn't get what's his face back to do like a bit part as the, as the red skull so he played the red skull because he can do the voice so anyway so they do these behind the scenes interviews with the cast and the creators and the um on james cameron's old friends from when he was younger and so it's a really good i would say it's a really good documentary i'm enjoying it and there's not cool. been a ton of good podcasts like i'm not listening to podcasts as much because i'm not driving as much you know so this is the one i'm listening to when i'm driving once or twice a week <laughs> when I drive places. That's what I hear is, is uh, Blockbuster. So it's really good. What about you? Anything else to recommend? I'll just say one thing. I did something. I followed through on something I've been threatening to do forever. <coughs> Excuse me. And that is, oh, it's the COVID. Oh. The COVID <laughs> Every time you cough now in public, you're like, uh, I better I better leave this mall or else someone might stab me with an ice pick. <laughs> <coughs> Excuse me. Dry throat. Um. I bought, uh, fought, I saw uh, the trending TV show on iTunes was Cheers. Ah. Uh. And I was like, why is this trending? And I clicked on it. It was the entire series for 20 bucks. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So I, so I was like, great. So I bought it for 20 bucks. I'll have it forever. Um, well, I've never seen Cheers in high def. Okay. And uh, by, by the way, delightful. I'm sure. I'm, I'm, almo- I'm almost at the end of uh, season two. And in season one, what's noteworthy is the makeup is not ready for high depth. So <laughs> Sam Malone looks like, oh, hey, a little lighter on the spray tan there, uh, Sam Malone. <laughs> particularly in episode one. Okay. Where you're like, oh, they didn't get that right. That's like they weren't sure who this guy was. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, but, but uh, it, it's just as delightful as I remember it. It's kind of a nice, you know, it's like comfort food. It's COVID comfort food is watching Cheers. Where yeah. People just walk into a bar and aren't afraid to sit down next to each other. That's right. So it's kind and of they're, nice. gre- they're usually greeted. Um, it, uh, one of my friends or my coworkers at uh, CGOB, Jeff Braun, bought the box set. He bought the DVD box set. I don't know oh, how much yeah. that cost, but he wanted. He had, came in a very nice package, and I saw he, it. He wanted to. He wanted to kind of own that physical p- part of it. So, uh, but he he did binge the entire series after he bought it. He watched the whole thing and he loved it. He said it was great. So yeah, awesome. Weird seeing weird seeing it in high def. I bet. Yeah, and it, it's. It, it, and yeah, it's probably it like it's probably cropped on the sides because it's a square. It yeah, so that's kind of weird seeing that that a TV cropped show that on way. the sides and um, some weird some some weird choices I forgot about. Like Rhea Perlman plays a dual role in one episode what? in season one. She plays her own sister. Oh jeez! And you're like, whose idea was this? Like, like there are some odd choices, but in the end, it's all you know a 24 minute show or whatever it was at the time. Uh, I think it was 24 minutes. I think there was only six minutes of commercials. Yeah, back then, back for sure. Then. Yeah. But they did like 22 episodes a season or whatever. Yeah. So it's like... And uh, like 10 seasons or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah. there's yeah. a lot there. Awesome. Yeah, so it's worth it. I enjoy it. Cool. Well, that sounds good. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of The Media Nerds. I'm Dan Vatabonker. I'm Kenton Larson. Don't let the door hit you on the ass. <laughs>